John chapter number 11, and I want to talk to you about something extremely, extremely important today, and usually as my custom, this is just my custom, this is not the way you have to do it at all, but I try to be, I try to have direction and sort of know where I'm going by no later than Friday. And then by Friday, I'm usually, I usually have my sermons ready to go, and then it gives me Saturday, Sunday to just look over those and meditate, and, uh, and that's what, that's what uh, has happened this week, except God gave me this message uh, several, several days ago, and I've just been looking over it, and I'm going to be honest with you, every time I look over what I'm going to give you this morning, what the Lord's going to give you this morning, I just want to say, Wow. I, I love to use a lot of stories and uh, sometimes humorous and just stories are going to grab your attention. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of that in this message. And yet I still look at it and I'm thinking, wow. Um, so without me preaching before I preach, let's just go ahead and read our scripture today because that's what I'm tempted to do. And so we'll do our best to stay on course today. John 11, when you find your places today, if you'll stand with us out of respect for the reading of God's Word and give you an opportunity to stretch your legs one last time. Most of you are very familiar with this story. This is the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And so because of that, and this is a long chapter, and so because of that, we're not going to read that whole story because we're really not preaching on the whole story today. We're just going to read the first six verses. And then we're going to jump right into this Bible study and... Uh, and we're gonna, we'll, we'll go to some other verses today. But John 11 and verse number 1. Look there with me, if you will. The Bible says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment. We heard about that the other night, did we not? It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. What a Bible we have. There's so many messages that we could preach in those first five verses. But look at verse 6. Now, I wanna, again, I want to draw your attention to verse 5. He loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Verse 6, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he, Jesus, abode two days. What's the next word? He abode two days still in the same place where he was. And so I want to talk to you about this subject, when God decides to stay where he was. And so you may be seated this morning, and let's pray. And boy, I hope you'll give me a, a good hearing today, and I know that you will. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us this beautiful place to worship Thank you for giving us space, Father, where we can invite family and friends and loved ones to come and worship with us. And God, 
we're thankful that you're filling this place up. And that's all right. We want that. And God, we know that if you fill this place completely up, we know that you'll, you'll build another one. But I pray you'll continue to add to the ministry here and build your church. And Father, ultimately, I pray that more and more people will be saved, come to Christ, to grow in the Lord. Why do we pray that? So, so more and more people can give glory to the one who deserves it, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, build your kingdom that in your kingdom you might receive ultimate glory. Father, I pray that you will bless our discussion this morning as we go down a path that we don't sometimes want to go down. I dare say, Lord, this is a path that some of our charismatic brethren won't go down. But the Bible addresses it, and so, so should we. And so, Holy Spirit, give us thy power. Give the people power to hear and learn. It's much easier for me because I'm up here moving around and they're sitting still, but I pray that you would give us energy and stamina to, to listen intently. And God, I pray that you would answer any questions that need to be answered today. We love you, Lord, and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Well, this is a familiar story to most. Most of you have studied John chapter 11. You've read John chapter 11 a number of times. And uh, in John chapter 11, we learn here that Jesus has some very special friends in Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Our Bible tells us they reside in the town of Bethany. Bethany. And uh, let me tell you something that you might already know, maybe something you don't know, but it's believed that, uh, that Mary and Martha and Lazarus were, uh, were, number one, they were well known. They were very well known. I don't know if they had some type of a business or, uh, or what it was, but it's believed that they were very well known. We know that when Lazarus died, the Bible tells us that many came, uh, and some of those came from maybe a, a distance away to try to be a blessing to the family. And so they were well known. That would also tell me that uh, the Bible says that a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. So I'm just guessing that probably Mary and Martha and Lazarus are very friendly people and outgoing people, and they made a lot of friends. And, uh, and in their downtime, people care much for, uh, for this family. Not only are they well-known, but it's uh, very possible that they're well-off. Um, some scholars believe that they're well-to-do, that they, uh, uh, they, they're not hurting for money. There again, it leads us to believe that they were in some type of a business or something. We do know this, that when Jesus came to raise Lazarus from the dead, that, that Lazarus was in a tomb. Uh, and typically back in Bible days, Poor people were buried just like we're buried. They're buried in the ground. But if you were, if you were wealthy enough, then uh, often you had a, a, a tomb that was hewn out uh, in a rock, and then you had a closing or a, a stone to roll over the mouth uh, of the tomb if you were, if you were uh, rich enough to have that. And it's believed that pro probably that Martha and Mary and Lazarus had some money and not only that, but uh, we believe, as I've already said, that they were a beloved couple, that many, many people cared for them. Well, our Bible tells us in, in uh, John chapter 11 that Lazarus becomes deathly ill. He becomes deathly sick. And so because of this, Lazarus' sister, Martha and Mary, uh, evidently they know where the Lord is. He's in Jerusalem. And so they send word to Jesus. And the word is this, Lord, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now, we don't know what it was. We're not how serious. We don't know how serious it was, but evidently it was fairly serious. And they felt like that Lazarus's life was hanging in the balance. And so, 
um, uh, they, they thought it was well worth the, the uh, you know, taking the opportunity to, 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 to bother the Lord. And they said, Lord, you need to come. Lazarus is sick and we just want you to know that. But in the story, in John chapter 11, we read here that before Christ arrives, that their brother dies. So this is one of those stories, at least early on, this is one of those stories that does not go the way that it seems like it ought to go. So here's what I want to do just for a few moments today. I want to... I want to break this story down into some segments and, and show you a few things that the Lord showed me that, that were an incredible blessing to me, and I believe that they will be, uh, likewise, they'll be a blessing to you. How about this first one? Number one, uh, I want you to notice that we see their dilemma. I'm talking about Mary and Martha. We see their dilemma. What do you, what do you mean, preacher? Mary and Martha could not understand why the Lord was not there when they needed him to be there. They could not understand. It did not, they did not comprehend it. They sent word to the Lord, and yet the Lord stayed where he was. And they could not quite compress why the Lord was not there when they needed him to be there. In fact, if you study this out, it's very evident to me. How many know this, that ladies talk? And especially sisters, sisters talk. They do. I know my wife and I, uh, my wife and her sister, boy, they talk. And not that I'm not saying that they're, anyway, let's go on here. And, uh, but ladies talk. I mean, ladies talk. That's what they do. And it is very evident if you read John chapter 11 that Martha and Mary are talking. They know that Lazarus is sick. They've sent word to Jerusalem, to Jesus. He whom thou lovest is sick, and yet the Lord has not come. They wait another day. He doesn't come. They wait another day. He doesn't come. And it's evident that these two sisters are talking about this situation. For we find in the scripture here that when the Lord finally comes, they use the exact same question. Not only the exact same question, but my friend, they use the exact same words. Look at it, if you will, in John chapter 11 and verse number 20, the Bible says, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Now look at verse 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now, a little bit later, Mary comes to the Lord. And look, if you will, at verse number 32. Then, Mary, then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now, are y'all getting the story here? You know what they're saying? Lord, where, are you, where were you at? Lord, why didn't you come? I mean, Lord, we specifically sent word to you that Lazarus is sick and it's serious and we need you to come. And Lord, where have you been? Why did you stay where you are? Lord, you knew our need. You knew our burden. You knew that we were depending on you. And then you gotta believe this. They were saying to the Lord, Lord, we did our part. We sent word. We let you know. We gave you the information Lord, we wouldn't be going through this right now if you just would have showed up. You ever been there? 
You ever had a situation unfold in your life and you prayed about it and you prayed about it and it seemed like the Lord didn't show up? And you wanted to say to him, Lord, where are you at? You told us to pray. You encouraged us to pray. You commanded us to pray. And yet I've been praying about this thing and I've been beseeching you about this thing. And Lord, uh, where are you at? Why are you staying where you're at? In fact, church, I'm not sure about this and we wouldn't, we wouldn't debate over this subject, but I'm not so sure that we don't see a hint of disgust. Not only dilemma, but maybe disgust in this story. What do you mean, preacher? Well, our Bible tells us that when Martha, when she hears that the Lord has come to Bethany, the Bible tells us that Martha immediately rises and she goes to where the Lord Jesus Christ is. But Mary, on the other hand, does not. In fact, look at it in your Bibles in John chapter 11 and verse number 20. The Bible says, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Look at the last part. But Mary sat still in the house. Now, and I read different scholars and some scholars say, well, you know what? That was just the nature of Mary. And maybe it was. I'm not debating that. And this is not a point that I would dare argue. But I'm just saying it's, it's, it seems odd that when Martha who at least in my opinion seems to be the less spiritual of the two, when Martha hears that Jesus has come to town, she immediately rises up and goes to the Lord. And yet Mary, who in my opinion would be the one who would be more prone to pray, more prone to walk with Jesus, more prone to to, to be spiritual, when Mary hears that Jesus has come, she stays still in the house. You know, again, I don't know this is the truth, but I'm just, I'm gonna ask you a question. I wonder, I just wonder if maybe Mary's just a little disgusted. I mean, Lord, our brother's sick. We sent word to you days ago. And then after we, you know that we love you. We know we've been a friend to you. You know we've cared for you. We've been a blessing to your ministry. And we've tried to promote you and be a witness. And yet, after we sent word to you days ago, Lord, you didn't even show up. Anybody identifying with this story yet? Well, you ever been there? Where you're just praying and praying and maybe you're in your prayer closet and you're pouring your heart out to God and you're saying, oh God, I I need you to come through. God, I need you to answer this prayer. Lord, we need this bill to be paid. God, I I need you to help concerning my marriage. Lord, I need you to to work concerning my children. God, I need you. Lord, we need you. We're not gonna make it without you and yet you wait and you wait and you wait and the Lord doesn't come. And you know what happens? A lot of times the enemy creeps in. And he says, boy, oh boy, that God must not be as good as that preacher claims he is. I mean, he gets up there and has the audacity to tell you that he's a God of love and and that he loves you and cares for you and yet you pray and pray and pray about something that's going on in in your life and yet he doesn't show up for you. Boy, oh boy, God must not really be that great of a God. I want to tell you something, that's a lie straight out of the pit. But we see their dilemma. Now, but we gotta go, we gotta hasten. Uh, uh, let, let me back up real quick, real, real fast, though, and say this. Did you know that the truth is we all have a tendency to view prayer as sort of a room service? You know what room service is, don't you? You're staying in a hotel or resort somewhere, and you pick up the phone and you call room service, and you say, Yes, 
We want a couple Diet Cokes, a hamburger, some fries. Oh, yeah, throw some ketchup on there. And uh, can you deliver that to room 200? Yes, sir, we'll have it there in just a few moments. Room service. It's the ultimate convenience. Now, church, follow me. Did you know a lot of times, even as Christian people, we sort of view prayer as the glorified room service. That we can just call God up and say, hey, God, uh, I need this. This is what I have on my list. I need this and this and this. And I need you to do this. I need you to do this. And, and, uh, and by the way, can you, can you make sure you have it here in 10 minutes? And we wait by the door and we wait by the door and the knock never comes and the knock never comes. And if we're not careful, we sort of get mad at God and think, you know what? I called you and yet you didn't come. And church, I want to tell you something. God is not our bellhop. And he is not our room service boy. And so we see, we, see their, we see their dilemma, but I want to show you something else. Number two, and this is very important. Number two, we see their demonstration. Now, you say, Pastor, what do you mean? I'm talking about a demonstration of respect. Even though Mary and Martha failed to understand what the Lord was doing, you know one of the things I noticed in this story? They both demonstrated respect to the Lord. Look at it with me, if you will. In John 11, verse number 21, uh, now, here, the Lord hasn't come like they thought he was going to come. Lazarus has died. And at verse number 21, then said Martha unto Jesus. What's the next word? Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Verse 22, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Look at verse 32 again. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet. Now, wait a minute now. He hasn't answered her prayer. He hasn't come when she thought he ought to come. He hasn't come through for her like he felt like she ought to come through for her. And yet the Bible says, she fell down at his feet, sang unto him. What's the word? Lord, Lord. Hey, church, I said that to say this. It's important that when we don't understand and when God doesn't seem to answer that we never lose our respect for the Lord. And so, listen, you pray and pray and pray about something and God seems to stay where he, where he is and, and he doesn't answer your prayers and sometimes we sort of get mad and, and we sort of... I think I'm preaching to somebody today, my, and, and boy, sometimes we get mad and we sort of say, well, you know what, God, if you're gonna treat me like that, then you see if I ever go back to church again. Wait a minute now. Did you know just because God didn't seem to answer your prayer doesn't mean that God doesn't still earn your respect? And when God doesn't come through for you and God doesn't come through for me and when God doesn't seem to answer our prayers and when God seems to stay where he was, did you know that you and I still ought to be respectful because he is the God of all gods? In fact, our Bible tells us in Isaiah 55 and verse number eight, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. First Peter chapter one and verse 17 says it like this. And if you call on the Father without respect to persons, judgeth, every man, uh, judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. What are you saying, preacher? This is simple, but I'm just saying, listen, when you go into the presence of a holy God, whether God has come through for you or not, we still ought to be respectful. Amen. And we ought to understand he is holy. And he, will you say, pastor? No, there's no buts, ands, or ors. 
God is God. And he is king of kings and lord of lords. And just because you don't understand or I don't understand what God is doing or what God did not do does not mean he's still just as holy and righteous as he's always been. And so we see their dilemma. We see their demonstration. How about this? I thought this was interesting. Number three, we see their distance. What do you mean, Pastor? When everything started going wrong, did you know that Mary and Martha were not that far from Jesus? But I'll tell you something else. Jesus wasn't that far from them. Look at verse 1. The Bible says, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus. Look at the next two words. Of what? Of, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Bethany was east of the Mount of Olives. I mentioned that this morning in our Sunday school class. It was east of the Mount of Olives, and Bethany, the town of Bethany, was less than two miles from the gate of Jerusalem. Now, now, now follow me, church. It was less than two miles away. Jesus was only two miles away. Now, what I'm saying is this. When Jesus received word that Lazarus was sick, this was not a hard journey. Did you know that, I, listen, I don't know how, how fast you can do two miles, but I, I would say my wife and I, we can do 1.2 miles in about 30 minutes easy, and that's just sort of walking gingerly. I'm guessing that you could walk a couple miles in just a little bit of time now. It wouldn't have been as easy back then because they wouldn't have had the paved roads and all those kinds of things. But I'm just saying this. Jesus wasn't far away. And so when Mary and Martha sent word and said, Lord, he whom thou lovest is sick, you know what? The, 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 the truth of the matter is it wouldn't have been that hard for Jesus to be there, Johnny on the spot. Now, Calvary, listen to me. I really think, in my heart of hearts, I really think this, this point that we're talking about right here, I really think this is the part that just bummed Martha and Mary out because they knew he was in Jerusalem. They knew he was just a short distance away. They knew that this was something that was doable. This was something he could have done. If Jesus would have wanted to come on that first day, he could have came. If they wanted, listen, he could have been there in probably two or three hours, and yet he didn't come. And you know what? That is the thing that bothers a lot of us a lot of times. When we pray about things and pray about things, and we say, preacher, I know God could do it, and he can Did you know our Bible says there's nothing impossible with him? Things that are impossible with you are not impossible with him. And so God is able to perform great miracles. And sometimes it feels like God is not that far away. And man, we're just pouring our heart out and we're saying, oh God, if you don't come through, we're not gonna make it. And we know it's doable. And yet God stays where he was. And so we see that dilemma we see that demonstration. We see the distance. I want to show you something else, church, and I'm going to tell you what this is just, to me, this is amazing. Now watch this. Number four, we see a definite reality. You say, Pastor, what's the definite reality? Let me show you. Look at John 11, verse 3. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, Behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. 
I want you to look, church, at the next four words on your page. The Bible says in verse 4, when Jesus heard that. You know what the definite reality is? He heard their prayer. Are you all with me? It wasn't like the Lord could roll into Bethany and say, oh, man, Mary, I'm sorry. I didn't know Lazarus was sick. He couldn't do that. He knew. He knew full well. When Mary and Martha sent their prayer to the Lord, when they sent word to the Lord, they said, Lord, he's sick. The Bible says very, very specifically, he heard it. He heard their prayer. Now, here's the question you say, preacher. Well, here's the thing. If Jesus heard their prayer and he was aware of their situation and he, he, he was aware of the urgency of their need, why did Jesus not come through? And that leads us to our last point, but we're gonna be here just for a few moments. We not only see the dilemma and the demonstration and the distance and the definite reality, but number four, number five, and last of all, we see the Lord's delay. Look at verse three. Therefore his sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Verse four, when Jesus heard that, he heard their prayer. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. No doubt about that. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days. What's the next word? Still in the same place where he was. Jesus heard their prayer, and yet Jesus stayed where he was. In fact, our Bible says he abode two days still. Interesting word there, the word still in John chapter 11. It means this, it means that time. So you could read it like this. When he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days that time in the same place where he was. He didn't always do that. There were other times when Jesus responded. When Jairus came to the Lord and said, Lord, I need you to come, Jesus went with him. There were other times when people called on the Lord and the Lord went, but the Bible says that time. Oh, God's given us something this morning. But that time, Jesus said, we're, not, we're, we're staying where we are. And so Jesus stayed where he was. Now watch this, church, because of his delay, because of the Lord's delay, we not only see the dilemma and the demonstration and the distance and the definite reality, watch this now, but because of his delay, now we see disaster. Disaster, at least in our eyes, disaster. The very thing we didn't want to happen has happened. What is it, preacher? Lazarus is dead. It was the very thing we were trying to stay away from. Lord, he whom thou lovest is sick. You're only two miles away. Lord, we need you to come. And yet God stayed where he was and now disaster has struck. Now here's the question, why did God delay? That's the question everybody wants to know, isn't it? Why did God, listen, why did he choose not to answer their prayer? So, we have no idea what God's gonna do with Pastor Ryan. I have no idea. Only God knows that. But a couple of weeks or so ago, most of you know the story. Pastor Ryan Marlowe got uh, began to have some seizure-like 
situations going on and they took him over to the hospital and most of you know, little by little by little, his condition worsened and worsened and worsened and then they had to put him in ICU and then they had to put him on a ventilator. Came to find out he had uh, an infectious disease and even before that, churches were mustering their people and praying. Prayer chains were started. People from North Carolina and other states and even outside the country begin to pray for Pastor Ryan. Oh, God, he's a good man. He's a friendly man. He's a funny man. He's a happy man. Lord, heal him. God, he's got, he's got a couple daughters and a, and a little boy, and, and they're just tiny, and, and he's got a wife that needs him, and he's got a church that needs him. And, and Lord, we need you to come through. God, we need you to come. He whom thou lovest is sick. Now, I have no idea what God's going to do with Pastor Ryan, but I know this. For some reason, it seemed like God stayed where he was. And a lot of people had questions. And I want to, if I can, I want to answer a couple of those questions real quickly before we go. It's 12-11. With that question in mind, let me answer a few things. Number one, the first question is this. What's the use in praying if God is not going to answer. Anybody have that question ever? I mean, Lord, we got prayer chains going, churches are praying, preachers are praying, people are going over to the hospital and praying. And preacher, I've prayed about this situation. I've got a situation in my life or I've got a, a, you know, a loved one that's sick or I've got a bill that is past due or we're having this issue in our marriage or I've got kids that are wayward and away from the Lord. And, and preacher, we've been praying and praying and praying and I've been praying and I've been beseeching God's face and yet God has not answered. God has stayed where he was. And preacher, I just got a question. I got a question. If God is not gonna answer our prayers, what's the use in praying? Are you ready? You and I ought to pray because, are you ready? God commands us to pray. So whether or not you and I get our prayers answered makes no matter necessarily because that's not the issue. There is a God in heaven that created you and created me and breathed life into you and breathed life into me and God Almighty said, I won't use my children to pray. He didn't say necessarily, I want you to pray only when you get your prayers answered. I want you to pray. Luke 18, 1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Oh, listen, children of God, if we'd get back to praying, we'd have a whole lot less fainting. We're to pray. We're to pray. 1 Timothy 2, 8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Colossians chapter four and verse number two, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. You say, preacher, I pray, but God didn't answer. Your prayer life doesn't have anything to do with, with him answering. God said, I want you to pray. If you're a child of God, you ought to pray. We're commanded to pray. Well, what if he never comes through? Keep on praying. Well, I don't understand that. Well, you'll understand it here in just a minute. And so number one, 
We pray because we are commanded to pray. Number two, though, let me say this. Why pray? Number two, because a failure to pray guarantees unanswered prayer. Did you know that James 4, 2 says it like this? Ye have not because ye ask not. One of these days, I'm pretty convinced of this, we're going to get in heaven and we're going to say, Lord, where were you? Why didn't you do this for me? And the God of all gods will say, you never asked. Well, I just thought you knew. He does know. But he wants you to ask. Well, what if he doesn't answer? Makes no mind. You're still commanded to pray. But I can guarantee you this. Don't look to get your prayers answered if you don't at least ask. If your kid comes to you and you know, down the road a little ways, and they say, and you can tell they're acting a little funny, and they're sort of out with you, and, and, and you say, honey, what's wrong? And they say, well, dad, I hadn't said anything, but I'm just, I'm irritated. I'm just really irritated at you. Honey, what, what are you irritated about? Well, you know, a few months ago, I really needed, I needed, uh, I needed $50 for this thing at school. I really, I really, really needed it. And you, you didn't come through. And you said, honey, you never said a word about needing $50. Oh, I know. But I'm mad at you for not giving it to me. Now, truth of the matter is, did you know there are Christians right now that ought to be sitting in the house of God who are not sitting in the house of God? Who are sideways with the Lord, bent out of shape with God, all because they feel like, they feel like God didn't do something for them, God didn't come through for them, and they're sort of mad at God and, and indifferent with God, and God, you didn't come through for me, and there is a God in heaven that says, I love you with all my heart, I loved you so much, I gave my son for you, but you never asked. And so we ought to ask. Now, we'll, we'll deal with that a little bit more tonight in the service, and so I hope you'll come. But number next and last of all, Preacher, why did God delay in answering their prayer? This, now, this will help you. Why did God delay in answering their prayer? Write this in the margin of your Bible. Number one, the delay caused God to be glorified in a greater way. Now, look at your Bibles, John 11, verse number four. Preacher, if Jesus knew about the urgency, if he knew about their need, if he heard their prayer, he did. Why didn't he not come? Because the delay caused God to be glorified in a greater way. John eleven four. 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now listen, this is a mature Christian 101, what I'm giving you this morning. So hear me out. We often forget this, that the very reason we were created was to bring glory to our creator. Isaiah 43, 7, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. That means that Brother Rodney sitting there on the front row was created for the glory of God. That little wife that sits beside him was created for the glory of God. 
You say, Pastor, you don't even know me. You, you, you don't know anything about me. I know something about you. You were created to bring glory to God. It's why you're here. It's why you exist. It's why you breathe. You weren't here to, to be an IBM exec. Now, you may become an IBM exec, but that's not why you were created. You weren't created to, to make bundles of money and have big, gigantic houses and the finest cars. Now, you may have all that, and there's nothing wrong with that if you put it in its right place. But I'm just telling you, church, the reason that you and I were created was to bring glory to him. But we forget that a lot of times in our prayer life. Listen to this statement. John Wiles said this. Our problems with prayer often come when we think the first thing on God's mind is our happiness and not his glory. Well, preacher, I am not happy. You being happy is not why you're on this earth. We're going to let that marinate just a little bit. Now, does that sit well with this newfangled style of preaching? Nope. Does it go real good with this new self-help religion? Be a better you. Be becoming better. You're your best friend. Love yourself. Hey, truth of the matter is, you weren't created. I wasn't created. Now, I want you to be happy. And here's something else. God wants you to be happy. But that's not why you were created. You and I were created to bring glory to our heavenly Father. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit with your gods. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Ephesians 1.12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Now, hear me out. We're just about done. Hear me out. There's something, church, we have to stop remembering, and that's this. Y'all ready? At times, it might glorify God more if my prayers aren't answered. Preacher, I don't like what you're preaching. I know. I don't either. You say, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, preacher, I prayed and I prayed and God stayed where he was. If God hasn't answered your prayer, it could be that God not answering your prayer is going to ultimately bring more glory to him than God hearing and answering your prayer. Mary and Martha had a difficult time with that. Lord, they don't understand. You've allowed a disaster. I mean, that's what they were saying. Lord, we sent word. Now disaster's come. I mean, Lord, you delayed. And yet Mary and Martha missed it. In fact, look at your Bibles, John 11, verse 40. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. In other words, Martha, this has all happened that I might receive glory and praise. And so why does God delay? Number one, the delay caused God to be glorified, and we're done today. Number two, the delay caused faith to grow. 
Now listen, what am I t- we're done. Wheels are on the runway. Did you know it would, have been, it would have been one thing for Jesus to heal Lazarus of sickness? How many believe this? Jesus is in Jerusalem, two miles away. Lazarus is in Bethany, east of, east of Jerusalem. How many believe this? How many believe that Jesus in Jerusalem could have just thought the thought and healed Lazarus in Bethany? How many believe that? Yeah. Is there any doubt? There's no doubt. I, I was going to say Jesus could speak the word, but Jesus didn't even have to speak the word. Jesus could just think it. It's done. Jesus could just say, ladies, I appreciate your faith. Lazarus be healed. Lazarus would have got up, and he would have been healed. He Listen, it's, it's one thing had the Lord healed Lazarus of his sickness. Listen to me now, but it's quite another thing when Jesus heals Lazarus from the dead after four days. Because the Jewish people had a superstition. And they believed this. They believed that the spirit of a man stayed with the man until at least the third day. And so when daddy died, grandpa died, they began to prepare his body for burial. They believed, superstitiously, they believed that the spirit of that man stayed in his body for at least three days. Listen to me now. If Jesus would have walked into town and healed Lazarus of his sickness, or if Jesus would have showed up within those first three days and healed Lazarus, the truth of the matter is, Calvary, most of those people wouldn't have given that miracle a second thought. Well, his spirit was still there. But Jesus said, I'm going to stay where I am. And after four days, when there's no question, this man's dead. <laughs> He's dead. I'm going to raise him back to life again. In fact, look at your Bible. This delay caused faith to grow. Look at John 11, verse 43. And when he, had thus, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin, Jesus saith unto them, loose him and let him go. Look at verse 45, church. The Bible says, then, not before, then, after God has waited to answer that prayer. Verse 45, then, many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. That delay caused their faith to grow. Listen, we're done. You can, you can close your Bibles. We're done. Hey, Calvary, you ever prayed about something and got delayed? Your prayer ever got snagged up? You ever prayed about something that was going on in your life? You prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you poured your heart out to God and God seemed to delay and the devil came and the devil said, boy, I'll tell you what, God must not be that good. Let me tell you something. God is good all the time. Yes, sir. But sometimes God allows that delay. You know why? Because that delay helps your faith to grow. There's been a few times in my life when I prayed about something, there was an extra special burden in my life, and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And as far as I know, I was living in accordance to the will of God, but I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, and for some reason God stayed where he was. But you know what happened? Because he stayed where he was, you know what I did? I kept on praying. And because he stayed where he was, I kept on digging. 
And I kept on reading. And I kept on trusting. Oh, yes, listen to me now. I kept on reading and I kept on praying and I kept on trusting. I kept on reading and I kept on praying and I kept on trusting. Did he come through? No, but I kept on reading and I kept on praying and I kept on trusting and I kept on reading and I kept on praying and I kept on trusting. And whether or not the prayer request got answered, guess what happened? I grew. I grew. Because of the delay. Somebody said, listen to this, listen to this. Man, this is so good. You have to go back and watch this again. When we pray, we tend to focus exclusively on the answers. God wants us to focus on him. I've been praying, I've been praying. I have been praying. Where are you at? And God says, listen, don't focus so much on the answer. Focus on me. Good night. If somebody could get this today, you'd walk out here changed. Somebody... Said it was a Confederate, a Confederate soldier that penned these words. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for help that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. And I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. And I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. And I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing I asked for but everything I'd hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among men most richly blessed. Would anybody get anything today? Man, I'm telling you. Man, I'm, I'm plugged into the charger. If nobody else got anything this morning. What do you do when God decides to stay where he was? You keep reading, praying, studying, serving. Stay faithful. Why? Because there's a reason God has delayed. And it could be because in that delay and not answering your prayer, it could be God's going to get more glory. And in that delay, it could be your faith is going to grow more than it's ever grown in your life. Boy, how many, you don't have to raise your hand, how many have ever been through a battle And once you got through the battle, you're thinking, thank God that's over. But you wouldn't give anything for the battle. You know why? Because the battle helped you to grow closer to the Lord. Church, God has a plan. How many many of you have ever read The Hiding Place? Corrie ten Boom. Corrie ten Boom, because her family hid Jewish people 
during, during the Holocaust, during Adolf Hitler's third reign of the Third Reich and the Nazis, they, hid, they had a little hiding place in their house where they hid Jewish people because Jewish people were being exterminated. And it was finally found out, found out and the Nazis came in and they took Corrie ten Boom and her dad, her sister, her family, took them to the concentration camp. Corrie ten Boom's dad died in the concentration camp. Corrie ten Boom's sister died in the concentration camp. I'll never forget the story. Corrie ten Boom said they practically starved us to death and she said the only thing that we had to sleep on was pretty much just a little bit of straw like an animal, a straw mattress is what we slept on with maybe, maybe a blanket that covered that straw. That's how we lived in that concentration camp. And then she said this. She said the straw became infested with fleas. And I'm sure there were many, many a night where, where Corey Ten Boom and her sister prayed, oh, God, take the fleas away. Oh, God, take the fleas is it not bad enough that we're in a concentration camp? Oh, God, take the fleas. And God stayed where he was. But you read that story. You know what Corrie Ten Boom said later on? She said this when she was released by a providential act of God, by the way. She was released. Corrie Ten Boom said, I came to thank God for the fleas. She said, because our barracks was so infested with fleas, she said, the Nazi guards hardly ever came to our barracks. She said, we didn't have to worry about those Germans coming because they didn't want to get the fleas. She said, those fleas were actually a great answer from the Lord. Preacher, what do you do when you don't get your prayers answered? Keep on praying. Keep on trusting. Keep on loving. Keep on serving. Stay faithful. And understand that God has a plan. God has a plan. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, thank you for this time we've had together. Lord, I want to thank you for, I want to thank you personally. I want to thank you for this message. God, thank you for showing me some things the last few days that, has helped me personally. Lord, preachers are not above battling with things. Lord, I know the last few weeks I've been praying, 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 praying for Pastor Ryan and other things. And yet it seems like, Lord, you've stayed where you were. And then we see prayer meetings popping up and we see Christians praying and folks fasting and and yet it seems like you're staying where you were. Father, I pray that you'd help us to trust. Lord, maybe there's somebody here this morning and they have been pouring their heart out to thee. And for some reason, Lord, it seems like you're not coming through. Father, today I pray that you'd help them if it be thy will to make their way to an old-fashioned altar and just say, Lord, I don't understand. Lord, if thou hadst come, I don't understand, but I'm gonna trust. 
I'm going to keep a sweet spirit. I'm going to keep doing my best to bring glory to you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. A couple questions real quickly. How many are here today who would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know for sure that I'd go to heaven. If that's you, all over the house, you say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. Would you just give the Lord a wave offering this morning? Just raise your hand. Say, that's me. I know that I'm saved. Praise God. That's great. You can lower your hands. Let me ask this, though. How many are here this morning in this room? And you'd say, Brother Pope, if I died today, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure of heaven. Preacher, please, don't misunderstand. I want to go. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven, but I'm just not sure I would go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me today. How many are like that right now? You'd slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me. If I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Right now, you just slip your hand up. Is there one anywhere? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Just slip it up. Let me remember you today. All right? How about this? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder if there's a few folks here this morning and you'd say, Preacher, I've been wondering, where is God? I've been praying and praying and praying and praying and it just seems like God's not coming through. And I need your prayers this morning. God knows what it's about. God knows. But I need your prayers. The devil's been working on me. But I want you to pray for me that I'll trust, that I'll trust the Lord. For he doth know the way. If that's you right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, you just slip your hand up right now. You'd say, Pastor, it's me, it's me, it's me, me. Yep, 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 yep. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Who else? Yes. Who else? I don't understand. Preacher doesn't make any sense. Everything was going so great. And all of a sudden, disaster came. Preacher, I need your prayers this morning. If that's you, just slip your hand up right now. Is there another? Anywhere at all. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Would you stand with us all over the house this morning, Father? Thank you for your, your goodness. Lord, I pray today that you, would, that you would work. Father, help us to trust. Help us to trust the Lord. Father, help us to trust. Father, I pray today maybe that those that you're dealing with would make their way to an old-fashioned altar. And Lord, today they'd come and just, Lord, talk to you a little bit. Father, help us to quit focusing so much on the answers and help us to start focusing on the God Lord I pray that you'd have your way Father there's somebody here this morning that's ready to give up Father somebody that feels like they're at the end of the rope God today I pray that you'd give them the wherewithal to, to tie a knot and hang on and Lord to keep on keeping on God maybe somebody needs someone to, to call out to God with them today I pray that you'd help them to come right now Lord have your way Lord, it could be there's somebody here today and, Lord, they've gotten a little indifferent with thee because they felt like you didn't come through. Today, they would make their way to this old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I know you've got a perfect plan. Help me to trust you, Lord. Father, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.
If you need to come, the altars are wide open today. Folks are coming. How about you? How about you? Would you come? Would you come? Preacher, I honestly, I feel like I'm sort of at the end. I don't, I, I'm, I'm at the breaking point, okay? Hey, if you'll come, we'll pray with you. Would you come while we wait? Would you come? That's right. We have some folks up here with a Bible, and they'd love to pray with you today. Would you come while we wait?